Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. When the Bible talks about peace, there are two dominant words in the Bible. One in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. The one in the Old Testament, shalom, we've heard that. Part of the definition of that is, it means wholeness, soundness, spiritual prosperity. And then in the New Testament, irane, it means to bind together, to join, to weave together. Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives, so we can be our hands and feet. The good news that the angels gave to the shepherds when Jesus was born was that there would be peace for those that received Him as their Savior. Today, Pastor Ed will be explaining what this word peace means as he gives us the Hebrew and Greek translations. The peace of God is the realization that your sins have been forgiven once and for all. Do you remember the moment you got saved? When the burden of guilt was lifted and you felt that peace? Only the born-again believer can have this peace. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith. The Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, the 14th verse. These were lowly paid employees on the worst shift, the midnight shift. But God chose to give them the greatest message ever told. He chose to tell them of the message of Messiah, of Christ. Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, the angels proclaim. And on earth, Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, you would think God's PR department would say, listen, you need to make this announcement about the birth, most important birth ever, in Caesar's palace. Send an army of angels there. Well, at least go to the high priest's home and have the announcement. Or even in Jerusalem, as they've gathered for worship. But God is so very often does things his way. And he chooses some poor shepherds. And in those days, shepherds were the lowliest of jobs that someone could have. Sheep bite, you know. And it wasn't something that people aspired to be. It was the lowest of the low. But God chose to announce the birth of his son to the shepherds. Now, when he gave that announcement, that announcement was really incredible. Peace on earth. What did the shepherds think? peace on earth. Ah, Rome will put down their shields, their swords, and their spears. 
war will come to a cease. Did they think that? If they did, they were sorely disappointed because Herod still reigned in his palace and Rome still ruled the empire and all of the intrigues and conflicts of men continued. I was reading one statistic. It said only 8% of human history has ever been marked by peace. It took 3,100 years of recorded history. And it said out of that, only 286 years were times of tranquility where no wars were taking place. Just in 2011, five wars, new wars, were started, most of them in the Middle East. It shouldn't surprise us because Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 24, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place. So what the angels were saying was not that there was going to be no more wars or conflict or even peace. You have to look at what the text says. Peace on whom his favor rest. It was back in 1965 that you thought the Secretary General of the United Nations addressed 67 scholars from around the world and he was calling them to seek peace. And he put forth several questions. He, he asked them, what element is lacking so that with all our skill and all our knowledge, we still find ourselves in the dark valley of discord and enmity? He said, what is it that inhibits us from going forward together to enjoy the fruits of human endeavor and to reap the harvest of human experience? He asked another question. Why is it that for all our professional ideals, our hopes, our skills, peace on earth is still a distant objective, seen only dimly through the storms and turmoil of our present difficulties. It seems unattainable, out of reach. Powerful men cannot dictate peace. They've tried and failed. Brilliant minds can't engineer world peace. It's never happened. Wealth can't purchase it. Politicians can't legislate it. Peace begins not at a Middle East table. It begins at a Middle East stable. Jesus Christ is the answer. Jesus Christ is the prince of peace who brings peace into the lives of those who accept, receive, and embrace him. Uh, when the Bible talks about peace, there are two dominant words in the Bible, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. The one in the Old Testament, shalom, we've heard that. Part of the definition of that is it means wholeness, soundness, spiritual prosperity. And then in the New Testament, 
Irane. It means to bind together, to join, to weave together. It means person bound whole together. That's the type of peace that God offers those who heed the message that the angels gave. The gift of peace we have, the gift of peace we have in this world. In Acts 10, 36, Peter is preaching and he tells us about it. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace, how? Through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Peace is not outside of God, it's only in God. It's only in Christ. Man, when he sinned, crossed the line. And he is in open rebellion against God. And the first most basic peace that we need in this prodigal planet is peace with God. Peace with God. In Romans 5.1, it tells us how. Therefore, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that, peace with God, how? Through faith, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Adam and Eve crossed the line. They chose to believe the father of lies. They chose to follow Satan who led the angels in heaven in rebellion against Almighty God and was thrown out of heaven with those disobedient angels. They chose to rebel. We've made the same choice. Every human being has sinned. There's not one of us that's chosen God's way on our own. Our sinful nature has pulled us in the direction of rebellion against God. And We are truly a rebel without a cause because there's a just God in heaven who shines his love upon us day after day after day, but yet we've rebelled against him. And God sent his son to be an ambassador, to be God incarnate himself, Emmanuel, to reconcile us to himself. He was the sacrificial lamb that bridged the gulf between God and man. God sent Jesus to bring us peace. And it's a gift. I read a story about Alan Stewart. Alan Stewart was under deep conviction for sin. He started going to church and he figured, listen, I gotta make things right here. And I wanna be right with God. And so he decided to join the church. He started to work in the church. He, he, he read his Bible. He prayed. He came to church. But still he lacked peace. There was something missing, even though he was very, very religious. And one day he happened to be reading one of the parables of Jesus. And the light turned on. It's found in the Gospel of Luke, Luke 8, 12. Listen to what he read. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. 
And all of a sudden he realized. And he said, even the devil knows that a man finds forgiveness if he just believes. When we believe in Christ, accept him, put our trust and confidence in him, everything that is necessary to make us right with God happens. The power of the cross, the power of the blood, the power of the sacrifice brings us together in reconciliation with God. We can have peace with God. If we don't, we're a walking civil war. If we don't, our hearts are in conflict with God. In Colossians, Paul said, God is reconciling to himself all things by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe the promise given, what the prophets foretold, what the angel announced, peace on earth on all whom God shows his favor, and that favor is found in Christ. Do you believe what the apostles preached? It was during the Korean War that Billy Graham had the opportunity to minister on the front lines. He went on the front lines with a chaplain and one of the soldiers, a young Marine, lay dying on heartbreak hell. And so they climbed up into that area and then the chaplain said, can I help you? And this young man said, no. No, it's all right. And the chaplain wondered until he saw in that young man's bloody hand a small New Testament, and it was opened, and his finger was on one verse found in the Gospel of St. John. It was John fourteen twenty seven. My peace I give you. God blesses you with peace when you accept his son, his gift. Do you remember? Remember the day you were saved? I remember the day I was saved. I walked into Coney Island Christian Church, heard the gospel preach, responded, walked out, and I could still picture myself walking down those steps out onto the road and looking up at the sky. The clouds seemed so white. The sky seemed so blue. It seemed like suddenly everything was alive. Why? Because I was now in harmony with God. And because I was at peace with God, my spirit came alive. Until you're right with God, you're wrong with everything else. Until you're right with God, you're living your life under the shadow of his wrath and anger. But when you're right, suddenly you're in harmony with God, the creator of everything, and life comes alive. Even though a person is saved and accepts Christ, he lives in a fallen world, a world 
where the fallout of sin is everywhere. And those sins impact us, our families, our neighborhoods, our communities. And so we need peace with God, but we also need peace from God because we're living in a war zone. This world is in rebellion against God. In 1 Corinthians 1.3, it reads, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us peace. And in many New Testament references, you'll see the reference to the peace of God. That qualifies the type of peace. It's the peace that exists in the triune God, in the Godhead. He gives you the peace that exists within the Godhead, and that peace is an incredible peace. You could be in the midst of storms and trials, all sorts of things going on. In his book, Why Settle for More and Miss the Best, Tom Stein tells about Mill Valley in California. It's one of the most lush and desirable neighborhoods to live in. I mean, the homes are exquisite. Even in this down economy, their prices are still high. Uh, You see those shining cars outside, the BMWs and the Porsches and all of those cars. You go to their schools, and it's the best of computer equipment, the best of technology. What a great place to live. Well, until you do some further research. They found that Mill Valley, even though they had the dream homes, had one of the highest drug and alcohol abuse addictions in the nation. They found that teen suicides and family breakups were critical problems among the rich and famous. They found that um, a few more dollars in your pocket doesn't buy you peace. There's a little cartoon. It's labeled, No Peace and Quiet at the Mall. Uh, Two men, Skyler and Cosmos. Uh, Skyler, the uncle, is talking to his uncle. Skyler, what is it you wanted for Christmas, Uncle Cosmos? I told you, Skyler, just a little peace and quiet. Skyler responds, I know, but I just came from the mall. I think they're all out of it there. You're not going to find it at the mall. You're going to find it at a manger. You're going to find it at the cross. You're going to find it under the precious blood of the Lamb of God. John Blanchard said, the peace of God means being grateful for the past mercies, conscious of his present mercies, and certain of his future mercies. That's what 
the peace of God is all about knowing that you're walking in the mercy and the grace of God, that he has paid the price of your sins. He has paid the cost of your salvation. He's reconciled you and you have peace with him and you have peace within. And he gives you in a troubled world that we live in that's at war with God and war with each other, there's incredible peace. See, the peace that he gives, the gift of peace he gives, overcomes the world. The peace that he gives overcomes the world. In John 16, 33, I've told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world, what? You'll have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. This world, from the time of our birth to the time of our death, All through the journey, there's trouble. Job said, life is filled with trouble. It's like sparks that fly upward. But there's good news, that God can give us a heart of peace in a world of trouble. God will give you a heart of peace in a world of trouble. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. Uh, What type of peace does the world give? Well, peace that's found in escapism. Avoiding trouble. Refusing to face reality. Living in an unreal world. Burying your anxieties and problems in a bottle or with drug addictions, or drowning it in pleasures so that you could numb the pain of your soul. No, no, Jesus gives us a peace, not like the world. His peace in the face of our troubles holds us and keeps us. One of the young mothers in our church has a daughter who has struggled with mental illness for eight years since she's been 15 years of age. And This psychotic state that she sometimes experiences is so debilitating that it paralyzes her body. Uh, She, in recent times, has experienced where her daughter could not even move, not even her eyes. Her mother, in the midst of desperation, knelt down, and began to pray the prayer of relinquishment. That's the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will be done. And she said, Lord, I give my daughter to you, I give her future to you, I give it all to you. And when she got up after she had prayed, she said, peace overwhelmed my soul. Peace filled me. Now, her daughter's made some progress since then. Thank the Lord. She received in the midst of a troubled situation an incredible peace. Peace rules the day when Christ rules the mind. Paul the Apostle in the book of Philippians says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything and by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts 
and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's an incredible peace that he promises us that will keep you bound together, healthy on the inside, whole with shalom. In the midst of a world that is in rebellion against God and at war with God and itself, The Christmas season is always a busy time of year. The hustle and bustle to get all of the gifts wrapped and ready. The preparation of the meal where the family gathers to celebrate. It's easy to lose sight of what's most important in this season. We're sharing this special four-part series on the Advent season with hopes that Jesus truly will be the reason for the season. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. To stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith, subscribe to the Building in Faith podcast. By subscribing, you'll always be up to date with the latest messages. Or, if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say Merry Christmas. Your word.